All right, gentlemen, you are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. I am Charlie Ungemach. I'm the host and curator and founder of this thing. This is a great place for us to learn how to be Christian men. The reason I started this podcast in the first place is because one day I looked around and said, I'm not the man I ought to be. I'm not the man I should be, and I don't know what to do. I don't know how to get there. Uh, and so this is me exploring the world of Christian masculinity and manhood, and this is one of my favorite things about doing a podcast. I get to interview great men who are already living out and sometimes teaching and uh, guiding other men in their masculinity. Last week we had J.T. McCraw, who did an awesome job and talked about some awesome things. This week we've got uh, Jay Cookingham. I loved talking to Jay. I appreciate the love that Jay has poured on poured on our show here and the amount of enthusiasm he's expressed. I appreciate it. I appreciate him spending his time with us. Um, he's got some um, big-time ministry things going on, and we, we appreciate uh, the fact that he he spent some time with us and, and poured some of his, his loving fatherly wisdom on us. Um, if you haven't followed us on social media, please do so. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. We're the most active on Instagram, but we do have a community on Facebook called the Geared Up Community that you can be a part of. If you'd like to sponsor this podcast, you can do so by um, either advertising on the show. You've heard some of, uh, some of our friends do that, um, and you will hear another advertisement before we get into the show today. Um, but if you'd like to do that, if you'd like your name to be heard at the beginning of the podcast, uh, email me or DM me or whatever it might be get a hold of me let me know uh, what you would like to do if you want to sponsor us on patreon you can do that as well all that information is at the end of the show mostly gentlemen thank you for being available uh, thank you for letting me be a part of your journey thank you for letting the spirit work through me um, i am not a prophet nor the son of a prophet um, but the lord is doing some big things in my heart and my life, and I hope he's doing some big things in your heart and your life as well. So God bless you. Um, we pray that you're a blessing to you as well. After a word from a sponsor, we will get into our interview today with Jay Cookingham of Strategic Fathering Ministries. Hello, this is Seth and Jenna Herlick, and we are also known as Him and Her Worship. We are also the creators of the What Do I Know podcast, where we talk about life while having very little life experience ourselves. We are a normal couple, passionate about lighting hearts on fire for Jesus, who just happened to play music. We write our own original worship music, and we play in churches all around the country, and we'd love to connect with you. We have lots of ways for you to do that. On Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Spotify, we are at Him and Her Worship, and we have a website, and we are himandherworship.com. Also check out our podcast at Apple Podcasts and other streaming platforms. God bless you. Thanks so much for your time, and we cannot wait to meet you in person. You are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. To gird up is an ancient way of preparing oneself for hard work or a battle ahead. Our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and to live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers working hard to become the men that God created us to be. Now it's time to roll up your sleeves and let's get to work. As we get rolling, remember gentlemen that this podcast is not affiliated with or sanctioned by any church or calling body. As always, listen with a discerning ear. And hold up everything you hear against the canon of Scripture to determine what is and is not the Word of God. All right, we got Jay Cookingham. That's how you say it, right? Yeah, exactly. Just like it sounds, Cookingham. Awesome. So, what, what's the story behind that name? Is that like a historic <laughs> yeah. family name there? Yeah, it, yeah is that like well, Smith? It's, <laughs> it, yeah, kind of. It was uh, from the old German Kuchingheim. And uh, someone in Ellis Island, I'm sure, uh, messed with it and became cooking ham. Okay, yeah. My, yeah, yeah. It's about the same with Ungemach, but all they did to change it was take the umlauts away. So. Yeah, gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> awesome. So you are a minister, and you have a uh, ministry called Strategic Fathering. Is that right? That is correct. Awesome. So uh, do you have a parish that you're, that you're a pastor at? Oh uh, yeah, uh, I pastor at uh, Bridge Builders Community Church in Hyde Park, New York. Uh, we're the biggest, uh, smallest church on the planet, as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. <laughs> yeah, so it's a great little, great little community together, and we're we're growing uh, in our effectiveness uh, thanks to what God is doing. So I'm very grateful yeah. for them. 
Awesome. Well, I love hearing uh, I love hearing pastors say stuff like that where they're not going to like, oh, things are good. Because anybody that's ever done any ministry knows that things are oh. not always good all the time. <laughs> no, no, you know? no, 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 no. So it's always a challenge. We're getting more effective as we go. I love that answer. That's that's Absolutely. real talk right there. Yeah. Cool. You got it. Um, and so how long have you been pastoring? Well, I've I've only been pastoring for about five years now. I came into it late in the game. Uh, but my wife will tell you that I've been pastoring all my life. But uh, that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Hey, so, hey, how long have you been married? I've been. We uh, Wednesday was our thirty-seven year anniversary. Cool. Very cool. Was she like a high yeah. school sweetheart or love at first sight? Uh, or well, it's a long story, but basically, I used to uh, travel in a gospel rock band. Uh, we had a big bus and everything. I uh, we had a concert gig uh, about an hour north of here. I stepped off the bus. There was a crowd of people there. I looked at her. God said that was going to be my wife, and uh, about uh, two years later, she was, so it was kind of crazy. That's awesome. What was the name yeah. of this band? Uh, <laughs> well, Charismata. Charismata. What does that yeah, mean? It, well, it means the <laughs> gifts, but but you, okay. you, you, can search, you can search eBay. You will not find us, or, you know, or, or, or Google. <laughs> you will not find us, but we uh, – we had a pretty good run for about two years, and uh, you know, did a couple of recordings, and uh, you know, it was fun. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm awesome. glad that's over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sowing your wild Christian oats a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Very cool. So, how long have you been doing the strategic fathering ministry? Oh, we. I've been trying to do this thing for probably since I was uh, uh, late. Late twenties, early, early thirties for you know so over twenty five years. Uh, it started off as a different. It started off a, as a ministry called Dads, and it kind of grew out of that and uh, become what it is today. Okay, so well, what is it today? <laughs> yeah, yeah. what it. is it today? What <laughs> is it today? Uh, it, it is still mostly just me. Uh, the whole uh, my uh, one of my core beliefs is to help men understand and to encourage them to see God as, as their father, Abba father. And, and so I put this uh, strategic fathering ministries together to encourage men to be uh, stronger dads, stronger husbands, stronger brothers, stronger men in their community, uh, in their church. And it's just kind of evolved into the speaking ministry, uh, and giving me an opportunity to go uh, around the country and uh, just encourage men, uh, first of all, that Father God is their is their dad, and Abba Father is real in their lives, and uh, to get their identity from that position uh, helps us be better fathers, better husbands, better brothers, and all that. At least that's what that's the core of what Strategic Father Ministries is, is about. Yeah. Okay. So you said you do a lot of speaking. Um, what else, like what else does that entail? I've been fortunate to. Uh, I, I'm not sure if you ever heard of Iron Sharpens Iron events. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I've been fortunate to speak about uh, 15 of those over the past few years, and that's been great. Uh, just going around the country, uh, talking to men, uh, not just not just speaking to them, but uh, praying with them and encouraging them and getting to hear their stories of, about what God's doing in their lives and, you know, other uh, men's retreats. And uh, I do a lot of men prefixes because uh, that's pretty popular around in locally. Uh, okay. So that's always good. And, you know, one-on-one -on -one discipleship with some brothers across the country, either, you know, over uh, over the phone or uh, stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I get a chance and I have a, a two-minute uh, radio program that gets uh, heard every day, uh, uh, well across the world. But it, uh, we have a local radio Christian uh, Christian radio station here, and I do a two minute uh, program uh, just called Man Up Moment, just to encourage brothers. And uh, yeah, so I, God's been very kind to me to allow uh, this crazy man's voice to go 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 a little bit further <laughs> than what he thought. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Amen to that. Amen yeah, to that. Absolutely. So. Do you uh, do you specifically like target your uh, dads? Is that like your target audience? Actually, no. Um, the whole idea be behind strategic fathering is uh, how strategic Father God was 
in rescuing our hearts and ah. how pur- how purposeful he was. Uh, so I don't just target dads. Obviously, I'm a I'm a father of seven kids, uh, so that's been wild and crazy and uh, <laughs> uh, talking about talking about an adventure of a different sort, but beautiful, wonderful adventures with some some of the best hearts on the planet. Uh, but I don't just target dads. I really just target men uh, because I, if I, th- this is what I believe because it, from my own experience, once men understand who Abba Father is, who God wants to show himself to be, uh, fathering becomes really a lot easier. and Being a husband becomes a lot easier. And being a man that follows uh, God, it becomes a lot easier once our core identity is established. Not easy, but easier. So, yeah. you know, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So the obvious question then would be, what is our what is our core identity as men? Uh, I believe it, it. Our core identity is is to be His son. I mean, this is what Jesus portrayed. Uh, you know, throughout His life, He said, "If you've seen Me, you've seen the Father." Uh, you know, everything that Jesus did was to please the Father, to reveal the Father's heart to mankind. To, uh, and so I believe when we fully identify with being God's son, uh, that solidifies our identity and our purpose as men. We get to know who we are and why we're here. Two of the biggest questions that are on every human heart, you know, every human heart tries to answer that question. Who am I and why am I here on this rock, you know? And yeah. I believe sonship really answers those questions. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and I've been I've been going through it. I haven't quite gotten to the end. Um, <laughs> I got a little derailed along the way. But, I hear uh, you. These devotions on the way they're they're fantastic, and I love them. It's a great way to start the day. So thank you for sending me the book. <laughs> well, I been, appreciate it's that. It's been a it's been an awesome resource for me. Um, and uh, so, I, I why did why did you write the book? <laughs> well. I'm actually writing uh, a few different books, but I was writing the actual book called Sonship, Restoring a Man's Identity, and I was kind of doing the devotional book kind of on a side project, and God actually said, uh, I really felt that the Lord's leading me to, through the Holy Spirit to to publish the devotional book first, and yeah. I, I, you know, it's not a good thing to argue with the Holy Spirit. You usually don't <laughs> win, you know. So it didn't make – I'm in the publishing field, you know, or I had been. And so I understand that you write the book first, then you do the devotional book and all that kind of stuff afterwards. This was kind of reversed. Uh, but God knows better than I do, so I, I, I uh, finished the devotional book first. But I wrote it because this is – these are some of the things I have actually have worked through, uh, every one of those chapters uh, that uh, – uh, help me solidify my identity and my purpose. And so God said, I want you to get this out there because this is some of the stuff that you're sharing through your uh, seminars and through your radio program and through your even your sermons at church. So, you know, put it down and uh, let's see what it does uh, for brothers around the, around the, around the country. And so – I did. I was just being obedient, basically. I guess the short answer is I was being obedient. Yeah, yeah. And, and I so one of my favorite things about it is that you paint one of the clearest like pictures of like who Jesus really was, like mm. like as a human, like as a man. Um, like the only other person I've ever heard really talk about it is John Eldridge. Uh, yeah, um, absolutely. And uh, I, and he does a, a great job with Beautiful Outlaw. I've never actually read the book, but I've seen his lecture a bunch of different. Oh, you got to read it. Yeah, you got to read yeah, it. Yeah, great. I sh- I should read it. Um, uh, but why? I guess my first question is why don't we talk about it? Why isn't it important? Uh, or I guess it is important. So why don't we treat it like it's important? And, and yeah, I guess that is the question. Why is it such a big deal to? to realize Jesus is who he is, and especially in the community I serve. I, like I serve a majority black community and mm-hmm. you know, white, you hear about white Jesus, right? And it goes further right. than, it goes further than just, you know, a joke about the fact that all the paintings in the church are white. I mean, that, yeah, right. it, like that kind of makes sense because he started out as a German congregation. So he, he's blonde haired and blue eyes, just like the members of the church were, but it goes further than that, where he's like a washed down, dumbed down Jesus. I think John Eldridge tells him the, the, the 
what is it cotton candy jesus yeah emo jesus surfer jesus yeah. those kind of things right. yeah yeah right yeah. yeah so why is it such a big deal to understand who jesus what what jesus would have really been like a lot of it is just what you just said too you know you know the the upbringing that you know most of us who have uh, been in a church for you know probably most of our lives you know and uh most of the artwork from the renaissance you know we got these uh all kinds of portrayal of jesus you know uh, and, you know it's so unrealistic so uh what i appreciated what john did years ago with this was portraying jesus as this man this 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 manly man you know that he was he was real he sweated he he got hungry he cried no, no doubt he he passed gas. I mean, I mean he did all the things all, that we do as men, you know. And but he was passionate about his love for God, which uh, for his father, which you know just always intrigued me. And I think we in the church want to keep that kind of uh, that holy Jesus kind of thing that you know we don't want to believe that he actually felt all these human emotion things, you know, because that kind of doesn't that make him weaker than a god? And and they don't s- understand how it. God and man, this perfect blend that Jesus was, is great encouragement to us uh, that he dealt with every single thing on this planet with his relationship with Father God, you know, and that's helped, you know, his father's word, his father's uh, love is what got him through all of those temptations in the, in, in the wilderness. And everything that he faced on this planet, uh, to me, is a, it was a huge revelation to see see Jesus this way, you know, totally God, totally man, showing us how to love the Father and and be a man in this world. I don't know. To me, uh, I don't understand why people wouldn't want that picture. You know? Yeah. One, it, like it, in many ways, like kind of all the way, it removes Jesus as like a lot of times, especially around like Good Friday. We tend to picture Jesus as like a victim, you know, he right. just like couldn't help it and he's just going along and <laughs> right. you know, like, oh, now I'm going to die. But like when you, it's actually a more powerful story and it's a, it's a more powerful relationship when you realize that Jesus was complicit in everything that happened to him. Like he's, you look at the week before he died, he's actively trying to like, <laughs> yes, he's trying to get himself killed. <laughs> like, yeah. There's and, no other yeah. way to say it, I don't think. Yeah, and some of the bravest words uh, that Jesus, uh, at least I've ever really got to be, is 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 in the garden where he he's struggling with this, and you know, and he says, "But you know, it's not my will, but yours be done." I think those are some of the bravest words that were ever recorded. You know, and it just amazes me. So the times where I feel like, you know, checking out or taking an easy route, you know, <laughs> which is often. Because that's the truth, you know. I remember those. I remember those words, and I said, "Man, God, you know, Jesus, you didn't, you didn't take the easy way, you know. How can I, you know?" So, uh, amazing man, Jesus, you know, amazing God, wonderful Messiah, man, I love him to pieces, man. It's just great. Yeah. Well, and you used that word purpose earlier too, and I that applies so well because. Like you talk about all these human emotions that Jesus had and all the different things that he felt and went through. And they all like you look at them. They're not like the reason they're not sinful is that they serve a clear purpose to glorify the Heavenly Father. Like you said. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. Very cool. Um, So the reason that uh, the reason I started this ministry to begin with is that uh, I was one of those kids who grew up with awesome with an awesome dad, awesome men around me. Um, but then as soon as I went off to college, man, that all went away. And I found mm. myself Googling, Googling the question, you know, what does it mean to be a man? And at the time, all there really was was a, you know, the, it was, uh, what is it? The Art of Manliness was just a blog at the time. Right, you know, right, right. There really wasn't anything there. Um, and so as, as guys, I played football. So the guys on a football team kind of got together and we started doing some stuff and learning and reading. Um, but uh, then again, when I left college, it went out into the teaching world. Again, you know, they kind of lost that structure and that foundation. And uh, I was sitting there saying, this isn't who I want to be. This isn't who I want to be. And I'm not being the man I was supposed to be. And uh, something needs to change. So I'm sure I'm sure you've uh, had this conversation before. But what what where do you start as a young man? If you 
like you realize something's got to change um and uh, you're not living out your calling as a man of god like where do you start yeah uh, <laughs> the first thing that comes to my mind is on my knees you know <laughs> I mean, yeah i mean for me um i grew up in an abusive home and not a christian home uh, my father uh was physically, uh, verbally, and sexually abusive to me, and it uh, it was a horrible place to to start a young man's uh, uh, quest for for his identity because it really screwed with it. Uh, so when I was introduced to Jesus and I understood, uh, I didn't understand the concept of sin or and repentance, but I understood the concept of love. And that's what drew me into a relationship with, with, with Jesus and with Father God. And so my quest for finding out what it means to be a man started on my knees, you know, uh, praying to accept the Messiah that I really fully didn't understand at age seven. Um, and walking through many years of abuse after that, uh, God started to reconstruct my identity and my purpose through uh, healing, of course, you know, going, getting healed over this uh, this abuse that I walked through, but on my knees and then go diving into his word. I know, you know, we always, you know, we say, well, you, you mean it's just about reading, reading the Bible? No, it's not about just reading the Bible. It's like diving into his word. And then believing what his words, you know, says to us, you know, uh, well, Ephesians uh, 1, five, you know, his unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his, his family, uh, bringing himself through Jesus Christ. And this gave him great pleasure. And with those kind of scriptures uh, just confirmed uh, how valuable I was to God. And uh, even though my earthly dad was, I was nothing to him. Heavenly Father revealed himself through the scriptures, and that began to put together my identity and my purpose, those, those kind of scriptures, and they uh, reestablished, reestablished my value. So for me, it started on my knees and, and, and in the word, and then God supplied other godly men throughout my life to speak into my life, to confirm what the word was saying, and it was a fight. It was a struggle, and uh, but God got me to the place where I could uh, be free, and it was a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah. Why? What? What is that? I. This might be the best. Not not be the best way to ask the question, but what? Like, what does that fight look like? You're like. Uh, go ahead. Uh. So like what? Like when you're going through. Well, as somebody who's, you know, been. Uh, you know, face to face. I had, like I said, I had an awesome dad and awesome uh, family and men. I was surrounded by men who loved me and cared for me and raised me, you know, to be a man. Um, so, like, when, when you, if you don't have that, I guess, what, what does the struggle look like to, to find it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the struggle was, uh, it, it, it was intense uh, because, you know, if, my father would say things like I was a mistake and that I was oh, – did uh, I lose you? All I did was cost him money, and uh, I was called every swear word imaginable. So my frame of reference was awful for what a man should be. Like, you know, if I, if I followed my father's example, it was to be a, a racist, swearing wife and children beater, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, but – kindness of God was this, that I learned to forgive my dad. And that was really so instrumental in this fight to become free, to become uh, accepting of my own purpose, identity. I needed to forgive my dad. And when I actually did that verbally and uh, as, as sincerely as I could at that possible moment in my life, uh, that's when things started to change in my progress about becoming free and and then understanding that uh, fighting for my freedom was not only necessary, but this is what God wanted me to do. And so it looked like, uh, again, diving into his word, 
finding a mentor or, or someone uh, older than me that would uh, consistently speak into my life about who I was, uh, finding uh, other men like me in that, and maybe in that that have gone through similar things that we could encourage each other together, you know, kind of a band of brothers. And, you know, I am, I am a rare dude I, from what I've understood. I have uh, core friends, five or six of them, that we've been friend, friends for over 25 years. You know, wow. that, is, that is unheard yeah. of in, in a lot of circles. All that was part of the fight. You know, getting a band of brothers, you know, getting some older men in my life that, that were godly men that, that were, you know, far down the road but were willing to come back to where I was and impart into my life. Uh, those were huge things for my, in my freedom. Right, and you can't make new old friends either. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is very difficult to do that. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, awesome. So, how do you how do you uh, how do you choose which men get access and which men uh, don't? Because I obviously you can't just let everybody have access to every corner of your life, right? Um, yeah. So, so how do you uh, identify which men you're going to you know let let have into those intimate parts of your heart? Yeah. Uh, at the beginning of, of this battle, it, it was uh, – I could tell pretty instantly who could handle my story. You know, It's not hard to uh, tell that when you start to tell your story and you, see, you can see the look in people's eyes or their reaction after they hear at least part of the story. So that was a, that was a, a, a test for, for some of my friends. Uh, that uh, they were willing uh, not only to listen to my story, but not judge me by my story. You know, if, you, if that, that makes any sense. Right. And, you know, and I have, I have, you know, my, if I, if I put my group of friends together in one room, they all are so different from one another. But the common quality that they have is that they, they love God, you know, and they are, all in process of discovering who they are in Christ, and they are they are um, forgiving people, you know, forgiving of themselves, forgiving of uh, each other, and accepting in a sense of uh, I understand that you're not finished yet, but neither am I. But God is still uh, actively working in our lives. So those are the kind of men that I've kind of got in my lives and through. We, we we went through stuff together, you know, a lot of life together, and I would say that the one the number one quality of all these men is that they are faithful brothers, and they if I called them up at two o'clock in the morning or if they called me two o'clock in the morning, we're there for each other, no matter what, and that's a yeah. that's a rare thing. That's a rare thing. So do you guys like how do you how do you hold like I don't want to say accountability, um, but like, how do you how do you know what's going on in each other's lives? Uh, it, it's it's great because you know my my best friend uh, lives in uh, Tampa, Florida, and you know uh, we don't see each other physically that often, uh, but we're constantly either texting or calling each other. Uh, I have several friends that live close by, so we're we get together often. But our lives are so varied. And we all have different ministries, and you know we're some are all around the world and stuff like that. So we can th thank thank the Lord for for uh, social media and for the internet now because that makes this a lot easier. Uh, yeah. But we're yeah, you know we're consistently trying to check in each other's lives, praying for one another. Uh, we don't get together as a group as much much anymore. We used to have a little group called Point Men where we all got together. But that just got crazy with families and uh, uh, you know just life itself. But we we touch base either by texting or calling each other, or by email, depending on which one is comfortable with which one. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sweet. I suppose with seven kids, things get pretty busy. Pretty busy. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, my oldest is thirty and my youngest is seventeen, so life has quieted down in one way, but it you know it picks up different ways. But uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Uh, one of my favorite movies is uh, Secondhand Lions. Have you ever seen that one? Oh, yeah. I love Secondhand Lions. Such a great movie. And, and yeah, it so is. My, my favorite part of that 
is when he sits the boys down and he gives them the what every boy needs to know to yeah. be a man speech. <laughs> yes. And I always thought, I always thought, man, if 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 there's anything that I could like, if I could ask any man for one thing, it would be like a true, like all inclusive what every boy needs to know to be a man speech. So mm-hmm. if you were well, if you've got sons, um, yeah, and, and well, you've got daughters too who are going to, yep. Help. You know, in the foreseeable future, you know, bring some young men home. So what, uh, what, what would you tell, uh, what would you tell the guys that, uh, what would be in your, what every boy needs to know to be a man speech? Yeah. Uh, with all my kids, I have five sons and two, two daughters. Uh, what my wife and I have both tried to tell them that the number one priority of life is their relationship with God, you know, so with my when my sons, uh, I want to reinforce and this is this is not new to me, but it, it's something that I adopted from many sources is to remind them that they really do have what it takes. <laughs> they they right. really do. God, if you're with God, God is giving you everything that you need to be the, the man that he wants you to be. But it, it's that whole idea about abiding with Christ so staying with him invested in him invested in kingdom stuff and it's really for the daughters too but that whole concept of that they are they are lovely that they're they're a, a, a princess sounds like a, a a wrong term but it's really a warrior princess this is what they are and so and that she's worth pursuing so those kind of concepts because Jesus does both. Jesus reminds us that that in him we could do anything and that uh, God so desired us that he sent his son for us. So I guess the number one thing I want my kids to understand is that uh, outside of God, there's no life. <laughs> but with God, right. there's fullness of life, you know. And so that's that's kind of what, you know, you know, we have a um, – a rite of passage ceremony in my family and all my kids have gone through it now where uh, they all, including my daughters, all receive a sword at uh, uh, ages between ages 13 and, and 16, depending on how they are, they were in their journey with Christ at that point. And yeah. we had, and it's, it was a great uh, affirmation of, of what you're talking about here where I, we would invite men or women, depending on the case may be uh, to speak into their lives and pray over them and give them words of encouragement and, uh, all those ceremonies have been really wonderful moments of uh, reminding them what it takes to be a, a, a man or what it takes to be a woman of God. And uh, those kind of things we've done uh, raising our kids uh, to reinforce what my wife and I have tried to instill in them as best we could. Yeah, and, and you kind of got into the question I'm going to ask next uh, by talking about the rite of passage ceremonies. Um but like, how, how do you do that? Because you have to do it intentionally. So how do you do that with kids as they're getting older? Like, how do you teach kids to have relationship with their, with their heavenly father? Mm. Uh, I know for us, you know, family devotions were never a, uh, they never really fully worked with us with a large family. You know, uh, it, it, it just never really worked. But what we tried to do in our, we had them and we, and we do have family reading times, and but not the kind of uh, imposed. You got to have family, you know, devotions every day at two o'clock or whatever it was. We tried to live a life of devotion, and you know, from like Deuteronomy, you know, if you're on the byways, if you're walking, if you're working, you know, just tell your kids about God, and this is what we've tried to do with our kids. Every moment of our lives is. Uh, shaped and touched by God, and so therefore we should touch every moment that we go through with God in our lives, with with Scripture hidden in our hearts, with a relationship that's uh, uh, alive and vibrant. So when uh, someone we hear about a prayer prayer request, we would pray for that at that moment. Uh, when we heard someone uh, needed some help, we would try to see how we could serve as a family. Uh, to that situation. So we try to make a, a life of devotion to God instead of just family devotions, if that, if I'm making that clear. Um, but that's right. how, that's how we did it. Yeah. Awesome. 
Awesome. So, like, do you, uh, I suppose when you, because like, you, you, your kids are spread all out quite a bit, so it's hard to, like, reach the top and the bottom at the same time, yes. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, like, did you guys do bedtime prayers and stuff like that every night? Uh, yeah, we did that. Well, we prayed for our kids when they were little, little, going to bed and uh, had them pray as well. And, but there's times that, you know, we'll be sitting around having a conversation that's mostly adults now. And, right. You know, someone will bring up a question and we'll talk about kick kick some scriptures around or, you know, news around, you know, some of the hot, hot topics of the day, which, you know, are really hot <laughs> today. And yeah. Uh, yeah, and we see, well, what does what does the word say about that? You know, regardless of what our opinions are, what does the word say? Uh, so we tried we try to do that as much as we possibly can. And but a lot of times what we end up doing is saying, you know what, I. Mom and dad don't have any answers here. We don't let's just pray and see what God wants to do here. And that's so, you know, depending on who's there at that moment, it might be because uh, a couple of my uh, three of my kids don't live at home anymore and everyone's got varied work schedules and stuff like that. So it might just be two of us or three of us there and uh, we'll just pray. Uh, again, it's, it's the whole idea of trying to make make our relationship with God every moment, not just a. Not on Sunday or you know or or a devotional time. Let's make every moment a, a moment of devotion because then it becomes a little bit more real. At least that's that's how we felt. Yeah. Well, and I, I mean that's the way Scripture lays it out. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of speaking of, you, you're talking about hot topics. What uh, what's your take on the uh, the toxic masculinity thing we've got going on right now? Uh, <laughs> well. Uh, um, uh, <laughs> no male is born toxic. Okay, just like no female is born toxic. Uh, and uh, sin is toxic, and sin can make men or women toxic, do stupid stuff, act this stupid way. But it's not just be it's just a not a male thing. Uh, but the to me the answer is not acting more manly. Is really an acting more godly from both right. genders. That's the right. answer. That's the answer. If we're acting more godly, we'll act appropriate in every situation, uh, and we'll do the right thing in the right way at the right time. That we will do that. And so that I I hate that term. Oh man, do I hate that term. Uh, <laughs> and and that Gillette commercial. Oh man, that made me so angry. Uh, but. You know, I understand the, the the thought process behind it, uh, but yeah, male babies are not born any more toxic than than female babies. That's just a that's right. just a great crazy thing. Right, right, and well, I, I think like it's foolish to it's foolish for especially because there are like people in the church who are standing up and saying like this whole thing is just you know fake news for lack of a better term. Right, Which, like I think that that does just as much harm as anything else. Sure, saying there is no issue. Um, but you're totally right when you say like it's not the masculinity that's an issue; it's a corruption sin. of what. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, that's what you know, and that's what sin is: is corruption yep. of our purpose and identity, uh, our traits and characteristics as God has created us. And when that gets corrupted or, frankly, bastardized, you know, yep. like that then that is where you know the issue comes in. Like the idea of like if it's toxic, that means it's harming someone or something. Absolutely. The masculinity is not what's doing that. Yeah. That. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I heard some people um, saying, and um, I heard especially like right away, there were several several like big time, you know, like big headliner names in, in the kind of this this realm, the mas Christian masculinity realm, who said who said pretty much right away that uh, most of the commercial they had no issue with that there were small parts of the commercial. And uh, I just want uh, what what what's your thought on that? Uh, as, as about uh, maybe I didn't understand the question. <laughs> so like, <laughs> was, was, was when they looked at it, just me. <laughs> right? No, it's all good. So like when when they watched the Gillette commercial, they like I, they were saying they were saying basically, you know, like uh, when the there's a guy cat calling a girl and somebody steps in and says that's why we don't act like that, or um, you know when. Uh, you know, the, the, they had a scene in a sitcom where he's talking dirty. And, and, like, those scenarios, those scenes, obviously, 
um, as Christian men, you know, we can we can all find common ground and saying that that's not appropriate, it's not acceptable. Right. Um, but then, right. for example, you know the uh, the phrase "boys will be boys." Like there's obvious. Like again, it sh- it seems obvious to me at least. Like there's nothing wrong with the phrase "boys will be boys." It's an inherent statement of fact. Boys are boys. You know. Yes. Um, yeah. And then you know with the boys wrestling on the ground again, like boys. Most uh, many boys, at least, are physical in nature. Like they, that's how we express love to each other. And as, absolutely, as adults even you know, absolutely. And so, well, uh, so your thoughts on uh, on that? I get on that take on it. On it, I guess. Yeah, I I guess what disturbed me about the commercial was, you know, the whole idea that this is all that men's are, are about. You know that. Yeah. That you know that somehow rough roughhousing is you know we need to we need to make these men more passive because that's you know that roughhousing mm. that leads to bad things that's what, that was the implication mm. you know and i didn't like that because you know i've wrestled with my boys growing up and and and, and quite frankly if they weren't all bigger than me and i you know i would still wrestle with them <laughs> but they would they would hurt me you know and, and uh, i don't want to get hurt but you know but yeah my my friends now you know we're in our fifties and sixties, and you know, we'll punch each other in the arm, you know, you know, and you know, tease <laughs> each other, and you know, because we we love each other, but we're not going to go and hurt someone, uh, you know. There's none of that, so it was the whole implication that it, you know, that uh, men need to calm down, and like, well, no, <laughs> I mean, that's not the point. <clears throat> we we need to act like men. The way that God defines how that should look, right? But we could, we it's okay to be a man. I mean, you know, God made both of us. It's okay. Yeah. Well, and, and it, um, frankly, you're not being a man if you're not doing some of those things. Uh, well, that's the way <laughs> I look at it too. But you know, the the whole idea is that you know, trying to make more men more like women. And then without realizing that they're really trying to make women more like men, you know, yeah. and and it's like no wonder people are confused about who they are, you know. And, yeah, there's a lot of evil done in the world, and a lot of it is committed by men. But I, I don't consider them men. I just – they're males, but they're not men, you know. Right. Men, men, good men, even even men who are, don't have a faith in God or stuff like that will do the right thing. Most of the time, you know, because it's inherent in us because God placed it in all men to, to do the right thing. You know, and yeah, it, it, we need a deeper relationship with God. We need salvation. We need repentance. We need forgiveness of sin. But, you know, look, you think it just what D-Day just passed. You know, it's like not all those men were Christians, but those men did the right thing. They stormed the beaches of this enemy in order to bring freedom to the world. I mean, were they toxic? No, they were just men. You know, and yeah. thank God they were, and thank God they were men. So, uh, you know, I could go on about that, but <laughs> <laughs> right? No, yeah, you. I mean, you hit it on the head. You hit it on the head. Absolutely, absolutely. Good. Yeah. Um. So, Stephen Mansfield. One of the things he says is that manly men do manly things. Um. So, what kind of manly stuff do you do? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if I was judged by, uh, <laughs> by, uh. A lot of the manly things out there that people say that this is what you should do. <laughs> yeah. I, I would have lost my man card a long time ago. I can't fix anything. I mean, I, I, I. Most of my tools are screwdrivers, and that's about it. Uh, you know, I, I, most things I try to fix, I break. Uh, you know, I don't really hunt or fish. Um, I don't like either one of them. You know, so if I, if that was all that a man <laughs> does, I, I, I would have lost my man card a long time ago. You know, right. I walk around Home Depot with a with a pencil in my ear just to make people think I know what I'm doing, but I, I really <laughs> don't. You know, it's just crazy, you know, right? Right? Right, I mean, right. You know, you know uh, so those kind of manly things I don't do. I mean, I, I I like to hike and stuff like that, but I like being outdoors. I love being by the ocean, but I like just being by the ocean. I don't like to do surfing or anything <laughs> crazy like that, you know. No, that's right. just crazy stuff. So, so uh, I get so to continue that then. So, so there's yeah. a lot of men like that, right? 
Um, right. Not, not, uh, I mean, I, I kind of fit in the, I mean, I'm six foot three, 240 pounds, you know, 17% body fat and hairy as all get out. So yeah. like, I kind of fit, I fit into the cliche of, you know, the manly man, the get gotcha. on, you know, manly man. Yeah, 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 right, right, right. Um, and, uh, but so there's a lot of men that don't fit into that, into that, uh, uh, that mold. So I guess so. The, the, I'm gonna push further. Then, like, what? So, what do you, what do you enjoy doing? What, like, what do you do that, um, kind of re- like restores and refreshes, uh, your soul? It may, makes you, you know, brings you closer to God. You know, makes you a stronger man. Like, what okay. kind of stuff do you do? Oh, for for me personally, I mean, we we don't live that close to the ocean here, but we go to North Carolina a lot, and um. Being by the ocean, but being by water, we we live right next door, uh, real close to the uh, Hudson River, and so I'll go. I, there's a couple secluded places that I have that I go for a couple hours, uh, maybe half a day, just to detox by the water. I might bring a journal, uh, my Bible, and that's pretty much it. You know, a cup of coffee, and I just sit there and read the Word and write down some thoughts, and that. That is tremendously healing for me, uh, just to be have that solitude alone with God, uh, by water, uh, you know, maybe do a little hike by the by the river there, and just kind of reflect on what's going on in my life at that moment and what God is saying to the decisions I'm making or want to make, and so for me, it's solitude by water that really refreshes me and restores my soul, kind of like uh, Psalm 23, thank type thing you know the river's not very still but it's very beautiful yeah yeah i i'm with you see i go fishing a lot but uh i'm not like an angler like i'm just uh i i around here they get called bobber bums it got gotcha. um, you yeah yeah, yeah yeah you know yeah. and uh and and i love there's a there's a thoreau quote where he said um most men spend their entire lives fishing and never realize what they were looking for wasn't fish so yep there you go man, i feel there you, you go. man i feel you i feel you yep. i feel you I got one more question for you. As as a young unmarried man, uh, I got one more question for you. Um, before we get into the, that last round of questions, sure. Um, so, what uh, if you could paint the picture of the man? So you already have one son-in-law, correct? Yes, I have uh, one daughter-in-law. Oh, you have daughter-in-law. Okay. Yeah. Well, so if you were going, so you have two two unmarried daughters. Yep. So if you were going to paint a picture of the ideal son-in-law. You know, the, the man that you want them to bring home, what does that man look like? Probably not anything I looked like when I married my wife. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I was in love with God, and I uh, was a, 26 years old, and I was trying to figure it out on the fly in so many ways. But I would want that young man, I really would want that young man to be loved with, and so in love with God first. Uh, that that he was so passionate about his relationship with God, I would want to see that more than anything. Uh, yeah, obviously the the those other tags that we put on, you know, maybe he would have a good job or a good career lined up, or he would have a heart for ministry and you know those things they are they are important. But to me, if I see this young man, he and he is sincerely, passionately in love with God. And he is making this uh, commitment to uh, strategically uh, work out his life details, whether that be a, a work or ministry or, or both, uh, that he had a plan. Not that that plan couldn't change, not that that plan couldn't adapt, because as we know, in life, they must. But I, I, I don't think it would take much to convince me otherwise if he was sold out for God, and that was so evident. Uh, that you couldn't un- you couldn't miss it. Uh, uh, that would that would mean a lot to me, more than just having a a job and a career all lined up. Those are important. They're necessary. Uh, but if they had all those things and had an okay relationship with God, I'd be I'd be pretty worried about that. Yeah. Awesome. That's a that's a better answer than I ever expected. <laughs> really, that's a fantastic <laughs> answer. That's so well so well said. Um, I, I think that that's what made it such a great answer. Well, you know, there are probably a lot of guys out there or who will hear this and go, 
And nah, you don't mean that. I really do. I mean, uh, because I've seen in my own life still to this point, you know, 37 years of marriage. And the thing that my wife and I appreciate uh, the most about each other is how much we love Father God. You know, that yeah. that that has sustained us through sev- 37 years of, you know, of many, many, many things. Uh, and it's that love for God that gets you gets you through. Your faith gets you through so many stuff. So that's what I would want to see in that young man, because then I know he could he could get the right job, he could get the right career, all that kind of stuff, because he had his first priority all in place. Yeah, yeah. Well, and speaking from the opposite direction, I guess a young man, you know, <laughs> looking on the on the hunt for a wife, you know, um, like the, I can I can deal with a lot of messes, but if you don't have a relationship with your heavenly Father, you know, we're not we're not going there. So, Amen. Yeah, and like, that's just the way the way it's got to be uh, for our yep. eternal welfare and for, for our soul's sake. Amen. Sweet. All right. So, um, if uh, if we, you obviously um, are a man who's committed to your heavenly Father, um, who and you've talked several times about how much you love Father God. So, what does uh, like what's the tangible relationship look like? So, what like what do you do to make sure you're staying in tune with your heavenly Father? I. Uh, I I try to listen a lot more than I do talk. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, that's the honest truth. When I when I pray now, uh, I ask I ask uh, the Holy Spirit. I said, Holy Spirit, you know, uh, t- tell me what what should I be praying for? I mean, because we all have lists. You know, we get lists all the time, and they're necessary things to have. You know, prayer lists and things like that. But I when I go to that solitude place. Uh, and sometimes it's just early morning on my back deck. I ask, how do you want me to pray today? And that's the start of my day with God. And so it's a, it's intentional is what I'm, I guess I'm trying to say here, that I'm trying to focus on what he's saying through his word, uh, through the prayer time that we have together. Uh, because, you know, at age 63, which is what I am, uh, I don't have a lot more to say, <laughs> but I, I still have a lot more. I have a lot more listening to do. I found out that I know a lot less than I know more now at this point, if that makes any sense. I mean, I've unlearned a lot in my years of walking with God. And so my my relationship with God depends on that on that connecting time with God at, uh, throughout the day, of course, but uh, usually early in the morning. Uh, for me, that's what works best, uh, making sure I, I get into his word. I communicate with him through prayer. And and here's the other thing. I worship a lot. I mean, I sing worship almost all day long because uh, worship gets my eyes off of me, gets my eyes on him. And uh, when I, my eyes are stayed on him, I see things a whole lot clearer than when my eyes are on me. And uh so th- those are the three kind of things that I do. I know they sound like fundamentals, but they really are life-giving to me. Uh, so if I, I did I answer your question? <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, absolutely, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and you say they sound like fundamentals, but <laughs> that's the root word is foundation. You know. Amen. Um, Amen. They're there for a reason. Fundamentals are there for a reason. Mm-hmm. Do you just like open up your Bible and pick a spot for the day, or bounce around, or how do you determine uh, what you're reading? Yeah, usually that that usually comes after uh, asking asking the Holy Spirit what uh, I should be praying for, what I should be thinking about. I do, uh, you know, I do like a lot of guys. I have a Bible app, uh, you know, that you know has a reading plan sometimes, and sometimes when I'm not, you know, I don't really feel that the Holy Spirit is really saying anything, and uh, I might be led to one of these Bible apps. To, but most of the time, it's sit down and say, okay, Father, what what do you want to say? And then I'll open up to a particular, but normally I start in the Psalms because the Psalms minister to me so much. Because uh, you know, you want to talk about a someone being real. David was real, man. So <laughs> I love, yeah. I, I love, I love the Psalms. I really do. So normally I'll yeah. start there. Well, and you talk about a guy who, um, you know, where every there, there is no hidden, there is no, oh, no. skeleton in the oh, closet, no. man. They're all out <laughs> dancing. A- absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, question number two then is if you could go back and spend five minutes with your 18-year-old self, what would you tell him? 
Well, that 18-year-old was just coming out of a year of uh, being on his own and living by uh, with uh, on his own uh, as an 18-year-old, uh, feeling free for the first time in his life, really. Uh, I would say, uh, hey, double down on on the Word of God. You know, I, I was into it, but I would have told him, I said, man, you're, if you double down on this, uh, your freedom is going to come fast and furious, man. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna hit you like a ton of bricks. Instead of taking a few extra years, uh, because you were so kind of kicking around this victim mentality a little bit at eight, age eighteen, I would have said, "Yeah, double down on God's word, man. It's not going to disappoint." Good, awesome. Uh, so, then the last question: What does it mean to be a man, or what makes a Christian man? Ooh, that's a that's a that's a question that could take on a whole kind of, <laughs> uh, to me, it, it's, uh, a, a, a godly man, a, a Christian man is a restored man with a, with an understanding who father God is. If that makes any sense. I mean, for me, yeah. it means that, you know, that, um, especially now, uh, I am really secure in knowing that God is Abba, that he loves me desperately. And that helps me to be a man after his own heart. So it's a restored man who understands God as father. That's, that's the simplest way I could put it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. You could, uh, well, as soon as you started answering that question, you said, wow, it's important. I thought to myself, like, yeah, man, God wrote a book about it. And then I thought, yes, he did. Like, actually, God wrote an entire book of books about it. So yes, he did. Yes, he did. Amen. <laughs> uh, I forgot to ask you this earlier. Um, I noticed. I couldn't help but notice in your devotion book you quote uh, Lord of the Rings over and over and <laughs> yes, over yes. again. Yeah. So I, which yeah. just made me love you even more. By the way, yeah, it's huge. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, like how many how many times have you read those books? Uh, over the course of the years, you know, you know, a few times over, my kids have devoured them course the movies i don't i just we just saw the uh, movie token uh which was okay it was oh. a it was it was i don't know if you've seen that yet it's, it's pretty good yeah it's pretty good okay. uh you know it, i don't think it's long enough but it, it's pretty good <laughs> and uh but yeah that kind of we we my son we were so into it my son when uh, my oldest son when he was uh 17 uh got about 40 of his friends together including his siblings and we we he redid the movie <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's incredible what he did on you know no budget, and just it was awesome. That's how that's how much we were into it, you know. So that's fantastic. Uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. My uh, I've got a couple of buddies. So like you were talking about your your friends are all spread out all over the place. So I got I've got um, a buddy at Fort Bragg, a buddy in Atlanta, and a buddy in in, in Minneapolis. And, wow. Uh, yeah. More than and like those are the three guys that I'm closest to, you know. And so we text constantly. And I don't know how many times we've gotten in arguments about Lord of the Rings via text <laughs> at like five o'clock in the morning as we're all getting ready to go to work. So gotcha. I gotcha. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, if somebody wants to learn more about you or contact you or learn about your ministry, how can they do that? Uh they can just go to strategicfathering.com. Uh there's a contact page. Uh, they can just send me an email for, through that contact page, and I'll I will get back to them with whatever I possibly could help them with. Yeah, and uh, where can we get our hands on this awesome devotion book? Oh well, th thank you. Uh, it's on Amazon, so that's the easiest place to get it. You know, just you know, look up Sonship: Restoring a Man's Identity, uh, uh, or Jay Cookham. You'll you'll find me on there. There's another book up there called uh, Bad Sheep, which is my uh, <laughs> my comic book life uh that i <laughs> do these guys called bad sheep and uh uh that, that, that's, i don't promote that as much but that's up there as well so well i want i want to see that now i might have to go on amazon later today yes it's it's uh they're the uh the bad side of me or the naughty side of me i guess you could say <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. hey it's there it's your mind it is said, there's the, yeah, might, yeah, as well, might as well bring him out and dance, right? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Hey, you got it.
I love it. I love it. Thank you for being on. Uh, it's been a pleasure to have you and an honor to have you. Um, so, uh, man, God's blessings on your ministry. Um, stay in touch, man. I, I, uh, I appreciate what you do. And I appreciate uh, having you on today. Well, Charles, I, I really appreciate you having me. I mean, it's been great chatting with you. Someday we ought to get coffee. I know that's we're far away from each other, but someday we ought to do coffee, and that'll be great. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. I got a road trip and start meeting the people I've interviewed over the phone. That's <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. All right. Awesome. Well, well you have a great weekend. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. Yeah, God bless you. Have a good one. All right. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you like what you're hearing on our podcast, make sure you're sharing it with friends and family, men in your life who you think need to hear our message. You can find us on social media, on Facebook under the Gird Up Podcast, and there's a Gird Up community as well there where you can interact with other men on the journey toward Christian manhood. You can find us on Instagram as girdup underscore like underscore a underscore man. If you'd like to help us bring our message to more men just like you all around the world, you can hit up our Patreon account. Type in www.patreon.com forward slash girdup. And finally, please leave a five-star rating or review on whatever platform you use to listen to our podcast, whether it's iTunes or Spotify. What that does is it helps us get more attention in the podcast world and bring more men to our message. Thank you again for listening to our podcast. Thank you for all the ways you support us and help spread the word. Until next time, go gird up and be the man that God created you to be.